Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom, and we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and PT pearls to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. So you know that on this podcast, we love to be myth breakers. And so many people will come to us and say things like, oh, I have flat feet. I need arch support. Or, oh, I have this really high arch. I need to have a cushiony shoe. These are myths. These are things that we've been told so that we purchase products that our body doesn't need. Yes, we might have a tendency for our foot to look a certain way and be built a certain way, but that doesn't mean we don't have the parts to support ourselves. And that's why we have worn Vivo barefoot shoes for a couple years straight now. We use them for everything. We go everywhere in them because they provide our feet the space to be themselves and to learn how to support themselves. They are wide, thin, and flat. And that brings us so many amazing benefits that we're going to continue to come back around to why it's important to be barefoot. Again, not even Vivo. Just start walking more barefoot in your home and you will start to notice the benefit that it brings your feet. We've had a code change, so make sure you use code T-O-B so that you get 15% off. That is T-O-B, like the Optimal Body Podcast. And these things also, they give you a 100-day trial so that you can send them back free of charge, no issues, or as the founder says, no quibbles, because they're from the UK, 100-day trial, send it back, and if you're not completely satisfied. So try these things out. They're what Jen and I use all the time. All right, jumping on in. And today we're going to talk through carpal tunnel. So this is a super common thing that people will feel around their wrists that kind of give some little nervy symptoms. And we just talked neurodynamics a mm-hmm. few episodes ago. So it'll be fun to dive into this one. I know. And if you miss a neurodynamics episode, you could definitely tune back into that one because that is going to be super relevant in what we're talking about here. We'll talk about it, obviously, a little bit more specific to carpal tunnel, yeah. um, but that one's just going to help to understand a little bit more about the nerves, why you do them, why it's important. Um, but in general, yeah, it's that carpal tunnel syndrome that you feel like numbness, tingling pain up into the hand, maybe at the wrist. Um, usually you need to get diagnostic testing done you know, to really be able to for sure 100% say it's carpal tunnel and here's something you might start to notice with like just having the neurodynamics episode. And I know we've come out with an episode on sciatica and it's like these principles are the same throughout the body when mm-hmm. we talk about nerves and we talk about neurodynamics and we talk about nervous system tension. Now we're just going to start talking about different nervous system symptoms like this carpal tunnel specifically happening in the wrist, specifically happening with our median nerve versus sciatica, which was kind of in the hip down the leg dealing with our sciatic nerve. So what causes carpal tunnel or what is it even? Yeah, I mean, in general, it's just going to be compression right at that compartment, uh, right where the wrist meets the hand. Mm-hmm. And re- what passes through this little compartment that we have like ligaments and tissue around this area is we have what's called your median nerve. And this median nerve kind of feeds into the thumb, the pointer finger, and the middle finger. And it comes all the way up from the neck. So from the neck, we have these nerves and they all come out in a collection called the brachial plexus. And then mm-hmm. it comes underneath the collarbone and they, they break off <clears throat> into their own individual nerves that feed different parts of the hands. And the one that really gets compressed the most and kind of builds up this 
this edema and this fluid and tension. And it just ultimately ends up creating a lot of pressure down onto that nerve, which is where we get that those nervy sensations down into the hand. Um, and that is carpal tunnel. Yeah. And this is actually the most common, I think, yeah. of peripheral nerves. So peripheral meaning away from our spinal cord. The most common of the peripheral nerve um compression symptoms or syndromes, right? Because the median nerve itself can also get compressed at like three or four different areas up the arm. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, the brachial plexus, brachial basically means arm relating to the arm. Plexus means like assortment of a bunch of roots. So, it's a bunch of roots that are shooting down our arm of our nerves and they can get trapped in a few different places along the way. But this carpal tunnel is really special because a lot of other things go through it too, right? We also have um, tendons going through there. We have some blood supply going through there. So there's a lot of things going through kind of this narrow tunnel. And like you said, if we do certain things, it might start to cause more edema in this area, a little more inflammation. Our tissues might start to tighten down if we do repetitive behaviors day after day after day. Exactly. And I think it was reported that up to 6% of the U.S. population kind of deals with carpal tunnel 10 times more in women than in men, which is pretty crazy statistics. And and in ages, you see it more so around 40 to 60. Now, obviously, that doesn't include exclude anyone else. (laughs) You know, this is just like the typical or the norm of what they've studied and shown of how prevalent it is. For sure. And along with, you know, that age factor, there's other things that could predispose us to developing carpal tunnel. Of course, if we've had trauma around the wrist, if we have any history of injury around the wrist, that might nuance or influence what our tendons, what our tissues are doing in that area. You know, people who have been pregnant, sometimes we can see big changes in how our tissues are acting. Mm -hmm. Same way with people who might have diabetes or coexisting diabetes that can impact the way that our tissues kind of have that elasticity or that extensibility. Yeah. And especially, I think a lot of desk workers, that's why they kind of complain of, you know, getting carpal tunnel is because you're typically, if your desk isn't ergonomically set up the way that is, you know, usually best for your body. Again, ergonomics is a tricky word. We did a whole podcast on that too. We did. So if you want to go back to see how should I be sitting? What is my desk setup, you know, supposed to be looking like? We did a whole podcast on that. So you can definitely look back. Um, But, you know, in general, if your hands are more flexed, so think of your fingers being down past your forearms in this kind of position for a long period of time, you're just in general going to build up some tension and some tightness in those wrists. And so it's in a quite shortened normal. position. <laughs> exactly. And it, so it, it, it's normal, you know, or it's common, I should say. Right. Maybe it doesn't need to be so normal. So, what are some it's ways that you can It's not normal for humans to, to sit like this for eight hours a day. T Rex arms? That was T Rex. <laughs> yeah, that, that went out hundreds of thousands of years ago. Um, but even if we're sitting with our wrists in neutral, but we're typing all day, or my mom actually had carpal tunnel and she had carpal tunnel releases. Mm-hmm. But, but she was a, a pianist. She played piano for our church. And again, she always got her wrist symptoms, I think, because constantly playing piano in this flex position, putting pressure and not doing a lot of the opposite. Exactly. And that's like always our message, right? Like, what are you doing in the opposite way? If mm-hmm. this is what you're doing a lot of times, if you're sitting a lot of times, 
Well, then on the flip side, what are you doing to get out of that position, right? And so that's a lot of just what we're going to be kind of coaching you through for carpal tunnel. That's what it is. But I think it also is important to look at those differential diagnoses that kind of what we talked about, how that median nerve can get compressed and entrapped in other places along the way, because I like if you're doing an assessment for someone and they move their neck and that changes the symptoms down to the hand and down to the wrist. It's probably not just carpal tunnel then. Like, it could be components. It could be components, but we probably should address what's happening at the neck before we yeah. address what's happening at the wrist. And that's why it's important like going to see a physical therapist or a clinician that can mm. really help to guide exactly what's going on and where you should be starting is usually recommended from us. Well, I thought it was funny too because we just talked to somebody not that long ago like today that was yeah. talking about how she had had these symptoms in her leg and she wouldn't feel them all the time but she thought they were some sort of nerve related symptoms because it was like tingling or, and she knew enough to think like ah, i think this is nerve related she was actively seeing a physical therapist physiotherapist in canada yeah. um and she said she got to month five of jen's optimal body and she talks about neurodynamics in month five and shows some lower extremity upper extremity neurodynamics and the person was like, it was gone so fast. I wasn't having that feeling in my leg anymore. And I, in the clinic, have experienced this with a lot of people who come in with this median nerve symptoms, carpal tunnel on their diagnosis sheet saying, oh, a surgeon said we might have to get a release of some sorts. Mm -hmm. And if you just give them that education and how to lightly start to push into that nervous system tension um, I, I always use the word push. It's not a good word, but <laughs> edge into that nervous system yeah. tension, edge into the tissue tolerance you have in your wrist. You can s really quickly get your body to respond to that. Yeah. I mean, she was saying that she was all of a sudden sleeping through the night, which never really happened. Mm. She was getting off of over-the-counter medication uh, to help relieve symptoms, which wasn't happening before. That was like, when she said that, I was like almost crying. I was like, oh, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> well, it's the ultimate goal of what, we want to be able to do and what you've been wanting totally. to do through your membership is like how can we get people this information so they can easily go through it and do totally. their own maintenance and do their own things and have those realizations like oh my gosh this is it yeah <laughs> but that's why we we look at all aspects of the body right and that's why there's never just one cause one place one thing like we're going to talk about what you can do directly at the wrist but again if you move your neck and it changes the way that you feel like if you side bend your, your head away or you rotate your neck away from your you hand. lift your arms above your head yeah. and start working above your head with your arms and, and you then, feel the symptoms, again, probably something a little bit different than just, just carpal at tunnel. the wrist. Exactly. And so that's what we, you know, it's also important to just note, like if you're feeling it in one place, we we do get to look at how the system is working together because I've had clients you know, before in the past where it's just carpal tunnel and that's, you know, what the script that they came in with from their MD to tell them to work on carpal tunnel. But what we found was symptoms up the arm and up into the neck as well yeah. that really affected how the way that they felt down to the wrist. So, yes, of course, we're still going to look at the wrist, but we're going to look at all these other areas as well. And and that is, again, just continuing to say what we do in the programs and what we what we want you to do ultimately is start to always look into your own body and explore more, not just the symptom or the area that you're having the pain, but continue to explore, you know, all ranges of motion, all strengths, all mobilities, all, <laughs> all areas. Yeah. And it, it can feel overwhelming, but if you give your body the opportunity to continue to learn, you're going to feel so much different ultimately in the end.
Absolutely. I don't know if you wanted to go mention some of those different differentials or just we could have head into treatment. Well, that w- I think we did. We said thoracic outlet syndrome. That's when your hands are yeah. overhead and, and you're kind of like are opening and closing your hands. That's one of the tests that you can see like, oh, does my hand start to fall asleep if it's in a certain position? Yeah. That's more of thoracic outlet or if syndrome. if you're laying in your bed with your arms above your head and all of a sudden your hands start going asleep and you're like, oh, like that's probably not a wrist just thing. It probably has yeah. to do more with shoulder, neck as well, or even just at the neck. Yeah. If you're having some real issues with some muscular tightness around your neck mm-hmm. or different things like that, it can irritate those nerves. Like we said, that brachial plexus right when it's coming out of the neck. Exactly. It doesn't have to just be disc related or something. It could no. be just, again, entrapments of wherever that nerve comes out and kind of runs. It can cause some irritation anywhere along that nerve route. Mm-hmm. And so I think you know, just understanding that it's just not one area. And we did a whole podcast also on thoracic outlet syndrome very early on. I think that was like episode four or something. Six. So, oh, six. Not sorry. that I know, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys want to go back and listen to that one, you can. I mean, such good episodes too early on. For sure. So then we kind of mentioned we're going to go over some treatments and stuff. And when we're working in the clinic, of course, if you go see somebody, they might do some sort of manual therapy on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I love doing different types of manual therapy that kind of combine in some of that neurodynamics. Um, and that's a great way for a therapist to use their hands to help facilitate your body to feel a little bit of that edging into that neural tension, but do so in a safe environment. Exactly. And you always want to think when it's when it's nerve related, there is already compression to that tissue, Mm -hmm. you know. So just going in foam rolling or lacrossing, (laughs) like getting a lacrosse ball to go into that forearm, probably not recommended. One of the tests we do actually to figure out if you have carpal tunnel is just press on your wrist, right? And even if you kind of play in those tendons, you should be able to feel people who don't have symptoms like a little tingly, like, like oh, wrist, yeah. that's your median nerve when you kind of play around those little guitar chords and feel that people who might have these symptoms, that would irritate a lot quicker. Exactly. So when you're thinking of like, say you're at home, I'm, I'm like, I'll give a recommendation. Sure. If you want to make it like a little bit of change and kind of create a different sensation, If you were to kind of pinch around the arm and almost draw toward the tissue, so almost drawing your your fingers toward each other, like on the outside of the forearm, and then just kind of skin up. Yeah. And and what you're doing is almost like causing well, one, you're just changing the sensation of the tissue in that area. And then two, you're just kind of almost like kinesio tape type. You're just trying to create a little bit of distraction and a little bit of tension release in that area. So instead of compress of thinking manual tissue or manual massage, thinking of pressing down on the tissues that are irritated, you're actually grabbing around and creating tension release and mm-hmm. traction like around the area. So why don't I go off of that a little bit? Like say you start doing that and it's a bit intense mm-hmm. and it's a bit too much. What if we flex our wrist up a little bit because then we give all of those nerves and all those tendons going through that wrist a little more slack yeah. when we do it. Say you were doing that and it felt fine and it didn't feel really intense. You could extend your wrist a little bit because then we put those on a little bit more tension. Mm-hmm. So even within that one exercise, there's a few ways that we can make it a little bit less intense or a little bit more feedback and more stimulation. Exactly. Remember manual therapy and and massage and all that. We're not trying to break anything up. We're just trying to create a different sensation. So it either helps. It doesn't help. You can do it. You don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's just meant to 
be a part of your journey of healing kind of thing. And those mm-hmm. are just some generalized recommendations of what you can do for yourself. But always, I like to say also be in a relaxed position so you don't have to be holding yourself up like we are and 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 yeah. you can you can have your arm supported like supported kind of by res- some pillows or exactly. on a table or exactly yeah yeah so one that we'd love to go over and this is something that i think a lot of people when they learn how to use it well for their body really can make some ground is just neuromodulation how do we do our own neurodynamics so talking through a little bit of what we would call a floss or a tensioning exercise again we went over these a little bit in the neurodynamics episode exactly and what they showed too in one of the studies that i looked at was that both sliding and tensioning both ways that we're going to kind of talk about it ultimately create a change and positive change uh, with with how the person felt with seeing different fluid changes in the area and decrease in edema and all of that so at least starting <laughs> like it yeah. might not look perfect and like oh was i supposed to do it that way or that way i mean if you work with a professional you'll get progressed exactly how you should be but in general if you just start like it's going to have some positive change yeah and you will be able to tell based on what you've done what the response is yeah. and i think that's that's one of the most empowering things is once hey i did this i felt this response even if it's good or bad just learning to start take responsibility for that and change what the stimulus is you put in to then get a slightly different response it can really help you learn quickly about how your body's going to respond to these things so sliding sliding we start <laughs> with our elbow bent arm just right by the body and wrist extended right so we're going to start in this position and then straighten the elbow while we flex the wrist a little bit of an interesting movement but this is kind of the least intense of putting some tension into that median nerve Mm -hmm. and we start with with the arm just right next to the body as you do this and you might notice like do you feel changes as you extend the arm do you feel changes as you flex or extend the wrist and you want to just start to observe so especially for nerve uh nerve glides nerve tensioning any of this neuromobilization that we're doing we don't hold so i think that's important to note like it's not a muscle stretch right so you're not going to hold for 30 seconds three times you're actually just going to move through it about five to ten times and see how you feel if it increased symptoms you're going to back off (laughs) if it decreased symptoms great you're on the right track doesn't mean you have to keep going it just means like this is something that you can come back to maybe two to three times throughout your day for sure so if we want to progress that just a little bit then instead when we have our elbow flexed up we're going to have our wrist flexed So then when we extend our elbow, we're also going to extend the wrist. And if you didn't feel as much in this one, you might feel more of a stretch or along the wrist or along the front of the arm that could just be muscular tissue (laughs) tension. If you're feeling it kind of different places along the arm into the fingers, tingly, stuff like that, that might be that nerve stuff starting to creep in. Yeah. And then, so those are both kind of like, well, now... First one's more sliding that nerve through. Next one is kind of a little bit of tensioning because we're extending and and reaching the fingers back. Same time, yeah. Now, if we want to get... Now, if you're like, okay, I've been doing this for a few weeks. Again, (laughs) this is going to take time, right? So it might not all go away like the first time you do it like give your body the opportunity to feel something different in a in a time period 
But now if we want to start to put a more tension on it, especially because we're thinking way out out by the wrist, we're not going to start at the shoulder. Shoulder is going to be the last thing to move. But now we're going to do the same thing as the last time where we extend the wrist, extend the elbow, and then start to slowly abduct the arm, meaning move the arm away from the body just a little bit until you feel it into the fingers and then come right back in and reset and then open, extend, feel the sensation and then coming down. And you only bring the arm away from the body as much as and right until you feel the symptoms, meaning either you might feel the same symptoms and sensations or you're just feeling like a little bit more tingling and then it goes away. Okay, that Mm -hmm. you you just want to touch it. You just want to start to speak to it. We don't want to aggravate it <laughs> totally and so when i'm doing that just for an example like i don't feel it in my hand and my fingers right away i feel it kind of wrapping around the back of my shoulder blade and i feel it along the inside of my arm and forearm a little bit more here once i start to feel it right which for me is once i get my arm a little bit higher but that's telling me that my issue probably isn't mostly in my wrist or right. in my hand right Yeah, where I feel it pretty immediately into my fingers. So I don't need to go very high. You know, so it's like your body, like there's no judgment in when you feel it, where you feel it. Like it's just about starting to to communicate with the body in that way. Get to know your nerves, get to know your neuromobility, because Mm -hmm. this is also a part of mobility is how your nervous system responds and moves within the tissues. And if you start to do that, you can start to free up some of the tension. And noticing how it is side to side. I Mm -hmm. mean, if you're a right-hander and you do a lot of things with the right hand, it doesn't have to be something where you're just sitting at a computer. If you work with tools all day long, things like that, that can definitely affect how the tissues, your hands are responding. So trying some of these things out can really help you learn side to side where you might have more tension, where you might put more of your tension throughout the day and how you can start to work on that. Totally. Some of the other treatments that they kind of studied and and showed some improvements with it as well was kinesio tape. But mind you, it only really worked if you did exercise with it. So we we don't want to just do static treatment alone, just like you don't want to just do manual treatment (laughs) Um, splint or just splinting like yes those might be helpful to help reduce symptoms but we ultimately are are movers we need to move our body in order to heal like that is the only way that we're going to start to really make big changes and not just address the symptoms so I think overall like sure you can get a cortisone shot if you need to but know that that doesn't just go by itself that goes yeah. with treatment. And if you need to see a therapist to be guided through that, then great, go see a therapist. But we don't do these treatments alone. And they did find that people, you know, if it was only like splinting versus cortical shot or corticosteroid shot, it was better to do the night splinting because more people ended up getting surgery after only doing the shot. Mm. Because usually it just goes like, oh, this is all you need. This is going to help your pain go away. But if we didn't adjust anything, your environment, your your movement, anything else, like it just, that's crazy to me. And again, kind of like you said, I think focusing on active, Mm -hmm. active treatments, things that you can actively do because our system learns when we actively interact with those different stimuli that we're putting in. So if it's the kinesio tape, if it's a corticosteroid shot, if it's a, if it's a splint, I'm not going to say those don't ever have any place in treating carpal tunnel or helping to be a part of someone's plan to come back from those symptoms there has to be an exercise a neurodynamic you know component to it as well 100 percent. we'll show some of the 
exercises that I've shown on Instagram too, in terms of some of the stretching that you can do for the wrist. I mean, again, if it's always tight and it's always in a flexed position in the wrist, well, how can we get it better? We stretch it, right? We want to open it. We want to release that tension. Then we want to do exercises that hold that opening in the wrist and create that better mobility in the wrist in general. So it's not just, it's not just this or that it's, it's yes. And, 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 and. (laughs) Yeah. And there are always different things that we can put in to give ourselves a little bit more feedback. Thank you again for joining us on yet another PT Pearl. We just appreciate you so much. And of course, if you need more visuals for each PT Pearl, they are over at Doc Gen Fit on YouTube. There is a whole section for the PT Pearls from the Optimal Body Podcast that you can use to really see what we're talking about. And don't forget, if you really like this, if you're learning from it, share it out, share it with your community. Tell us what you're learning. Rate and subscribe to the episode because there's going to be so many more goodies and PT pearls along the way. And if you're ready to dive in even deeper, don't forget we have an optimal body membership with an incredible community of movers learning with us and moving in their body. Until next time, thank you again.